thank you so much for dropping in today. I'm Katie, and this is the She Laughs Podcast. Today, I'm going to continue to chat with you about my passion that moms embrace their calling as good and noble and worthy, a beautiful ministry and a glorious way to spend our lives. Yet, the ministry of motherhood does not cancel out our privilege and our obligation to be part of the local body of Christ, our church. That can be quite a balancing act. So today, I just want to give you some simple tips and tricks that have helped me to stay connected to my church while I have small children. So today, I'm going to continue my chat about just my passion to see moms struggling through those little years and trying to stay attached to their church family, how to balance it all. In the last episode, I shared with you what I mean by staying connected to the church, but I just feel like it bears reiteration. (laughs) Did that even make sense? It's good for me to say it again. That's what I'm trying to get at. When I say staying connected to the church, I do not mean just staying busy doing stuff at church. Go back and listen to it if you didn't hear it and you want to catch my vision. But in short, what I mean by staying connected is that you have a meaningful relationship with your church family. You're using your spiritual gifts to serve them, but they're also using their spiritual gifts to serve you. It looks different in various seasons of life. Sometimes it's formal, programmatic ministry, something you might sign up to do or to be a part of. And then in other seasons, it's more organic, less formal, things you praying together in the church aisle. Both of those are important, and I think they matter and have meaning. But no matter what, if you're going to have a vital relationship with Christ, you have to find a way to link your life with the people that he loves so much, his church. So in this episode, I'm going to get really practical. I do not have a Bible verse to support each of these tips. Uh, These are just things that have worked really well for me and my family as we grew. But sometimes it's just that one little idea that you need where it just makes life happen a lot more smoothly. So maybe we'll find uh, that here today, that one thing you need. Again, if you're if you're out of this, this season, I'd say still listen along. You might find something here that will help you later down the road, or uh, maybe you can find a quick tip to pass on to a young mom who's in need. Okay, so before we go in, though, I, I do want to give you a little bit of scripture, even though it doesn't pertain to each of the five points I have. Isaiah 40, 11 says, he will tend its flock like a shepherd. This is talking about our God. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. God knows children are slow, that they require patience, that their mamas require patience, and his heart is gentle towards those that are with young. Sometimes uh, when we Pinterest or Google for that magic tip. We're looking for something that will just sprinkle the pixie dust on life and and there will be smooth sailing. No one will spill their milk or lose their shoes and everyone will get in line and go out to the car and it'll be perfect if we just had that one tip. That's that's not reality. Children are people and people are messy and we must be patient with them. God knows that. He's patient with you and he's patient to your children, and he's patient to you as you work with your children. He will gently lead those 
that are with young. Aren't you thankful? I just love the heart of God in there. And I, I wanted to give you a little shot of encouragement before I jump into the nitty gritty. Remember, if none of these work for you ever, uh, God knows and he will gently lead those that are with young. Tip number one, learn to really use your pack and play. I used to go to my friend's Thursday morning Bible study and oh, the stories I could tell. <laughs> there were a lot of moms who came to that study and they brought their children with them and they'd play upstairs and almost everyone, every five minutes, someone had to get up for something. But the fellowship was always better. A little bit is always better than none at all. And uh, when my baby started to take really consistent naps, I started dreading Thursdays because I knew he would be okay, but he would get so cranky without his nap. And eventually I stopped going. And then it occurred to me like, wait a minute, I have a solution for this in my closet. I can bring my pack and play. And so I tried it out. I came about 10 minutes early and I set up our pack and play in another room and I put him in there and he fussed a little bit, but he eventually fell asleep and he would take his nap while we were doing our study. And, and it was just great. Pack and plays are amazing uh, with our daughter. Sometimes we would bring the pack and play to a music rehearsal. We'd put it in the back where she, we could like hear her and see her, but she couldn't see us and put some toys in there. And she would play in there for quite a while. Now, I don't know that every baby would go for that. If we had just tried it on my son with no practice or preparation uh, for the first time, he would scream the whole time. <laughs> and it would have been very distracting. But for her, it worked out really well. So try it try it out and you might have to practice a little bit and work your baby up to it. But those pack and plays are amazing things and they do pack. It can be a great way to get you at the church while your baby is busy or taking a nap. I, I love my pack and play. I still have both of them. Anyways, uh, number two, this is for more older children. Make a busy bag, like preschool age. Uh, we have a busy bag. That's what we call it. It's pretty much ready to go and it has toys in it that our kids only get to play with at church. And all of these toys are quiet. None of them fly. And the reason I find it important to mention that make sure your toys don't fly is because one time, somehow, a little rubber pterodactyl that you can shoot like a rubber band, it, it got in there. <laughs> and during quarantine, we were using the busy bag quite often. And uh, my son was playing with it. Fortunately, I caught him before it shot into the air, but I could just see it flying up uh, into the pastor's face during his sermon. So make sure your toys are quiet and don't uh, fly if, if that's what you uh, need is quiet and stillness. <laughs> we like to use this when our kids um, need to be busy during music practices or like I said, uh, over quarantine, we use it a lot during a business meeting. Just when our kids need to be quiet or occupied, we have that bag ready to go. You can go on Pinterest and look for all kinds of fancy ideas for a busy bag. My busy bag does not have... Um, <laughs> homemade felt and crochet toys in it, but you can find those on Pinterest if you want. Um, I like to put toys in there. I, I call them stupid toys, uh, like McDonald's toys, you know, that like they get once it occupies them and then they kind of forget about it. Just stick it in the bag and it'll be novel in a week or so. I try to rotate them around if we're using it frequently. Um, I use dollar toy stuff in there. You can just just be creative. What thing, Whatever occupies your kids, uh, see if you can fit it in there and uh, it can really save your life if you need to be at your church and they need to be quiet. So number three, learn to lean on your church family. I feel so passionate about this point. 
your church family is part of your family and you are part of your church family. So include them, lean on them, ask them for help so that you can use your spiritual gifts in the church body. I mentioned this in the last episode. I can do a lot of stuff while I'm holding a baby, but playing piano, one of the things I love to do most for my church, it's just not one of them. And my guess is that if you're going to use your spiritual gifts, you might need a little bit of help too, and that's okay ask. Uh, now my kids are a little bit older and uh, specifically during music. I keep using music because that's that's just what my husband and I like to do. But for you, it might be something else. Um, I have to find people for my kids to sit with, but I love it. I consider it a good thing. They are learning that it's not just mommy and daddy who love Jesus. They're sitting next to other people who are worshiping with them. I love it. It is a good thing. Lean on your church family. Now I'm going to go into a bit of a touchy topic. Uh, I'm going to crack open the can of worms and uh, I hope we catch a good fish. We're just going to go for it. So here it is. Uh, hold on tight. Uh, use your church's nursery, even if your baby struggles. Don't you think your baby is a genius? <laughs> they are resilient. Uh, they can acclimate to difficult and unfamiliar circumstances. And I'm not a thick-skinned mom when it comes to babies crying. I know some moms don't seem to, it doesn't seem to bother them, but I hate it. Uh, it's like I'm wired, like I'm supposed to go rescue them when they're in distress and I want so bad to run in there and, and make it all better. Here's what helps me. Try to think about what your child is learning when they're in the church nursery. They are learning how to interact with their peers. Now, of course, I'm talking about a fairly wide range of ages from like six weeks old to two years old, depending on your nursery. So just keep that in mind. Uh, if they're old enough, they're learning how to interact with their peers. And it's a Christian environment. Like the nursery workers are saying, be kind and share just like you are. Um, they're learning to trust other adults. They're learning that there are places that are safe where they are loved, depending on your church's nursery program. Uh, they're learning Bible stories and songs. Uh, they're learning that church is a good and a pleasant place to be. They're learning that there are people there who love them. Do you have a baby whisperer in your church nursery? I'm going to do a, a shout out. I think that's what it's called when you mention someone by name on a podcast. I think it's a shout out, but here it goes. Heidi at Berean, baby whisperer. Every baby in the nursery instantly calms down when they're in her arms and it's so sweet and I love it. Now, are, is your baby going to be able to articulate, mom, I am learning how to manage my emotions. No, they're not going to do that. They're probably going to cry every week when you leave. But over time, these lessons will become a part of who they are as they learn that church is a good place. And then you can go sit underneath the word of God and, and drink from the living water, the well. And, you know, it's, it's hard to say this, but you must teach your kids to navigate false emotions, right? Now, I'm not saying you throw them in the nursery and say, like, just be quiet, kid, you're, you're fine. That, that's not what we're getting at. But um, your baby's emotions, I'm, I'm talking like nine months, 18 months, and he starts screaming. His emotions are telling him, ah, mama's leaving me. I'm going to die. I'm not safe. That's not true. They are okay. And mom is leaving, but she's leaving them with people who love him. And and you don't want to 
there, there's a place for affirming emotions and helping them work through truth, but but you don't want to affirm false emotions. You want to help them learn to lean into truth. And you can start doing that when they're really, really young. You know what, honey, mommy's going to be right back. And while you're here, there's toys and there's friends and you're going to have a great time. I'm sorry that you're sad, but you need to move on because you're going to miss out on all the fun. I will be back. That's a good way to uh, chat with a child about how they're feeling and how they how they ought to be feeling. Now, I'm not going to tell you what this has to look like for your family. Like I said, you don't just throw a kid in there and tell them to get over it. This is something that takes time, but I just find it really encouraging when I'm fighting the urge to rush in there and rescue and, and, and get that baby out of his misery. Try to think through, no, no, this is a good thing. They're learning what is true. Now, the other common reason I've heard that moms don't leave their baby in the nursery is not for the child's sake, but for the nursery worker's sake. And I get that. (laughs) But let me just assure you, nobody signs up for nursery thinking, oh, it's just going to be such a peaceful hour. I'm just going to sit in that rocking chair and watch those chubby babies sleep. It's going to be so restful. Nobody does that. And if they do, they only do it once they don't come back, right? The girls are there to work and they're there to work for your spiritual health. So let them serve you. Let them use their spiritual gifts and minister to you so that you can sit under the word of God or you can be involved in a Sunday school teaching program. Your baby's going to be okay and those girls are there to help. It's okay. Go enjoy the service. And, you know, if there's a reason you're uncomfortable with your church nursery, why, in the right context with humility and kindness, you can always say something to the nursery director. And maybe if you're concerned about it, someone else is concerned about it too. So don't be afraid to speak up, but use that church nursery, ladies. It, it is a good thing. And there's your can of worms. I hope you had a great time in the fishing hole. All right, let's go on to point number four, which is almost, <laughs> it's not quite as quite as touchy, but... Uh, teach your children to obey. I used to drive myself crazy trying to um, keep my daughter occupied. Like I had the funnest toys in the busy bag. I mean, we had we had raided the dollar store. And this was going to be so fun. She was just going to sit in the lobby and play, play, play. And oh, she came up with so many excuses, so many things she needed. And, and I was trying so hard to be creative. You know, after a while, I realized, like, wait a second, th- this is really an act of her will. She can do this. I'm, I'm setting her up to succeed, and she is choosing to demand attention instead of doing what mommy said. And there, there needs to be consequences for that. I understand it is an exhausting thing to teach children to obey. It requires consistency, and it never stops. But you know what? It's gonna, it's going to yield much fruit not just in their life, but in yours too, because it will give you the ability to say, this is going to be really fun. You're going to play with these toys. Mommy's going to go help with this and and I'll be done in a minute and we'll be back together again. And, and that's going to be okay. But if your child isn't inclined to obey you, that doesn't really matter. So I would just really encourage you before you get creative, make sure that your children know that This is what mommy says, and this is what you can do. And if you don't, here are the consequences and and follow, you know, all the things. Um, Talk to an older woman in your church if you're struggling through this because it is very important. Children need to learn how to obey their parents so that they can learn to obey God and obey the gospel one day. And some of these things I feel like it's not that popular to say, 
but girls, it's in the word. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. He wrote a verse for them, and they need to learn it because they will find that it is good to obey our good God. So teach your children to obey. My fifth point is um, bring your kids alongside you as you serve in the church. I love using church as an opportunity to teach like basic etiquette. Like, oh, can you look Mrs. So-and-so in the eye when you're talking? Or um, when Nate was tiny, <laughs> this is so silly, but I wanted him to learn how to like interact with other people. So like if I had invitations or cards or something to hand out, I would let Nate like hand it to the person. And a lot of times, oh, it's so cute. <laughs> but it helps him like interact and react to people. And, and he was tiny. He's like six months old. Um, so bring your kids along. Like if I if I bring someone a meal, I try to bring at least one of my children with me, even though sometimes that's a little bit tricky. Um, I try. And uh, they learn how to say congratulations or I hope you feel better soon or whatever it is in that situation. They can make a card. Our pastor is really great about asking my son to help him carry things, even though it takes twice as long. Um, and I love that. So looking for small opportunities for them to serve at church is really, really good for them. I have a friend who gave her older children, um, probably like elementary school age, church chores. And if you want to hear more about this, there's actually a lot of good tips um, for Sunday. I believe it's her I didn't write down what it was called. If you go look up the Soap Bubbles podcast with Cindy Brock, um, she has a whole episode about um, preparing your kids to worship on Sunday. It's The title is something like that. So um, even if you have to go searching and you hit the wrong episode, you won't be disappointed. It's a great podcast. So uh, go look for her Sunday episode and um, you'll be really blessed by that. And she kind of explains what church chores are. Our kids aren't really there yet, but the day is coming. And I just thought it was great that she got them involved while they were really young. So those are my five tips for you. I hope that gives you some things to think about. Don't give it up. Fight for your connection with your local church because that's what you need to stay connected in your relationship with God. You got to love and know the people that God loves if you're going to truly experience his love in your life. He shows it to you. He shows us his love through the love of his people. So don't give it up even in those tiny years. Be creative. Attack things. Figure it out. Come up with a solution. Don't give up the first time. If you try one of these things and you're like, oh, I'm terrible. Sometimes it takes practice or a little bit of tweaking. Um, don't give up. Figure out how you can make it happen. It's not about staying busy or signing up to do more things, but find how you can have that vital connection. Get rid of the roadblocks and be a part of your church family. Thank you so much for listening today. Okay, so I've been trying to post an episode every other Monday. Just a goal I've had for myself and lately I've been wildly unsuccessful. <laughs> that is because we are in the middle of moving. There's boxes and labels and sharpies and tape all over my house so i just wanted to let you know i am going to have to slow down my rate of producing episodes so hopefully i'll be able to check in here and there but if you don't hear from me for a little while i'm not disappearing i want to keep this going i just need to slow down to get some things done in my personal life so i'll see you when i see ya.